Thanks for joining us on Beyond the Sermon, the podcast of First Methodist Church in Collingswood, New Jersey. Our goal is not only to share our sermons, but to go beyond the sermon in conversation about what we're learning and what God is doing in our lives and in our community. This conversation is inspired by our 2023 sermon series for Lent, Seven Deadly Sins, The Power of God to Move Us from Death to New Life. You can find more information about our church at fumccollingswood.org. Thanks for joining us for this conversation. All right, so this week, Jeremy is in Mexico for a wedding in La Pamilla and getting ready for our summer mission team's trip down there. So I have the privilege and the honor of being joined today by Karen Alexander, a member of our congregation who does all kinds of great stuff. I'm not even going to try to imagine or list any of that. But Karen, we're glad that you are willing to come and be on the podcast with us this week. Glad I could be here. And we're grateful for who you are and what you mean in the life of our church. So when I mentioned yesterday, just kind of offhand about New Year's resolutions, yours was one of the few hands that kind of snuck up there. Uh, Very low. I did not raise it very high. You didn't raise it very high. (laughs) That's true. That's true. But I was impressed that there was anyone in the congregation who was still sticking with their New year's resolution if you don't mind me asking what was what is your new year's resolution well i have i'm with a group of ladies from our church that um, join together on a very regular basis and we have set some goals to have healthy bodies and healthy hearts where um, we're trying to just eat more healthy and exercise but also focus on a relationship with the lord so together we are holding each other accountable and encouraging each other so that started last summer and it's just carried on through to the new year so i was able to raise my hand humbly because of the group of ladies that i join together with on a regular basis so if it wasn't for them and also the lord of course my hand would not even have been up at all yeah so you find that being in a group has helped you to keep the goals that you have set exactly and ours is we know when we went into it that it was going to be a dual purpose Mm -hmm. because we did want to make sure that we were honoring honoring the Lord by staying as healthy as we could, but also spending time together with him. Yeah, because he cares about our bodies too, doesn't he? He does. I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in in the spiritual things that we forget that he made our bodies. Mm -hmm. He's a very practical God. Yeah, yeah. And he thought through all that. And and one of the ways we can honor him is by taking care of those bodies he's given us. As you're listening to the sermon yesterday, it's always hard for me a little bit to think about the questions because I'm the one who prepared the sermon. But as you were listening to the sermon yesterday, we talked about sloth and uh, diligence, and we looked at a section from Matthew chapter 5. As you were listening to the sermon, was there anything that kind of stuck out to you or is kind of like a kind of a, a hook you hung? Sure. You know, your, your well, I on? really liked how you took um, the meaning of sloth and linked it to indifference. The idea of just not pursuing anything, uh, not having a passion for anything, and then also linking that to how we also need to pursue and have a passion for the Lord. Mm-hmm. But um, the idea of indifference I think is very popular in our culture and then within the church it's like oh well we can't do anything about it so there's just nothing I can do 
and nobody steps up to try and do anything. So you have that that attitude of indifference. Um, I was a little confused until you brought it in at the end as to how the scripture in Matthew was going to uh-huh. link in. And uh, I know the kids that morning had kind of talked about the Pharisees and their righteousness also. And I was afterwards I was thinking about it. It was the idea how their righteousness is as filthy rags. Mm. That scripture. Mm-hmm. And again, you did link it in at the end as to it's really just your heart attitude yeah. of how you love the Lord and then love others mm. versus what you actually are doing. But yeah. you still need to do things. Right. So that's kind of my takeaway from yesterday. I hope that's what you were trying to have us take away. I think that works. Um, You know, I I don't always, I mean, I always kind of have a goal in mind that I want people to get to, but, you know, I don't, I don't presume to limit the Holy Spirit to (laughs) what I was hoping would happen. But yeah, I think that that idea of indifference is so key because I think in, in certain segments of our culture, that indifference is almost a badge of pride. I don't care enough about any. I'm just worried about me. I'm, you know, whatever's going on out there, I'm not going to let bother me. Um, you just kind of try to hold the world out here at arm's length and uh, we can't do it. No, but there's also that balance too of being passionate in the wrong areas. Sure. So I know I had to catch myself on that uh, a couple years ago where I was just getting over overwhelmed basically in my thoughts in my actions in areas where I don't think the Lord wanted me to be passionate about Mm -hmm. and I needed to take a step back and refocus Mm -hmm. and see where he wanted my passions to be played out so it's hard finding that balance between indifference and passion making sure that you're passionate in the right areas yeah are there some areas that you feel like God is asking you to be passionate in these days or more passionate about he's kind of been steadfast for me like um ever since I was young I know I just have a heart for children Mm. so I do a lot with the kids in our church Uh I hope they like that I do a lot with them but you know you get mixed reviews with kids that's what happens so with children and just being able to share the Lord with them and teach them about what it is to have the Holy Spirit in your life is Mm. one area that I'm very passionate about I am also passionate about worship but um the Lord has kind of told me that's not my season right now Mm. to be in part of the worship team he just wants me worshiping him just me if that makes any sense it does not leading worship at this time so those are the two areas that I'm mostly passionate about So can I ask my little question from yesterday? You can absolutely ask your question. All right. You mentioned Susanna Wesley. Who is she? Yeah. So Susanna Wesley was the mother of John and Charles Wesley. Obviously, that makes her the the wife of Samuel Wesley. And I don't personally know a, a whole lot about her, except for the fact that she was such a contributing force to the shaping of her kids, especially John and Charles, and, and what they went on to do and I, but I've always loved that quote and uh, the other thing I know about her well I guess two things one at one point she started a Bible study in her home because she didn't think that the church in town was giving the Christians enough to 
build a good life with God on. Uh, and eventually that became more and better attended than the worship services. And a good Bible study will get you. Anytime. Yeah. And her husband shut it down. Uh, <laughs> I think a little bit of envy there. And then there would be time she would be in the kitchen and she had a whole scat of kids. You know, it wasn't just John and Charles. Wasn't there like a dozen it was, or more? I think there was I mean, like that a, was normal for those times. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I think there were five or six who didn't even make it past infancy. Um, but I think she had 12 or maybe even 15 kids. Uh, but anyway, there would be times she would just sit down in a chair in the kitchen and pull her apron up over her head because she knew she needed just that little bit of separation and she needed to to talk to God and get her heart right and um, kind of refocus herself for what It's kind of like when I say, I need a timeout. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And But her kids came to realize that when mom had the apron over it, don't. Don't bother mom. Don't bother mom. That's great. So, but that's all. That's about all I know about Suzanne. Do you know? Anything I just know that she was their mom. Yeah. Um, I I had read something about her a long time ago that I really don't remember too much about. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, teachers, because that's my profession. We do have those yeah. little things that we tell the kids that it's time to leave us alone. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, especially like we're working in small groups, so it's when we're not supposed to be interrupted. So we're working with kids, but mm-hmm. all the others are supposed to leave us alone. Right. I have a Chuck E. Cheese crown. Oh. Yes. Wow. It's very cool. A Chuck E. Cheese crown. So you it's put purple. that on when you're, mm-hmm. when you're working with a group of kids? That's what happens when you have seven-year-olds, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. So they know not to come to me because I'm wearing my crown. I love it. Isn't that great? That is great. That is great. <laughs> I just need an apron now to pull over my head, too. Yeah. There you go. And then, then they know you're talking to God. That's right. Oh, it's oh, uh, so funny. <laughs> so you had also mentioned just the idea of the disciplines. Mm-hmm. But I think so many people just get wrapped up in the, okay, I got to go do this now. Sure. Like, I have to read the Bible. And I know you had talked about that with the, you know, this is the way sermon series with, but what if you're doing this and you still have no passion? Like, mm. I think that's what so many people struggle with. Mm-hmm. Like, one of my goals is not to spend every single day with the Lord because I would fail at that and then give up completely. Sure. But I mean, like reading the Bible, yeah. but at least three to four times each week mm-hmm. that I want to make sure I'm reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. And even at that point, sometimes I still am like, okay, I got to make sure I do this. This is one of my goals. Yeah. And I don't want that to be my heart. So what do you suggest? Mm. That's a great question. Well, first of all, I think it's okay to acknowledge that our relationship with God can go through seasons. And sometimes we feel that passion and we feel that hunger to spend the time with him, to be in his word, to spend the time in prayer and worship and whatever ways we connect with God. And there are other times where we don't. And I think it's okay to acknowledge that. I think it's okay that it is hard sometimes. And I think that's where the discipline side comes in because we don't necessarily want to live from our feelings. Our choice to follow God is just that. It's a choice. And it's so that means it's uh, an aspect of our will. And so in choosing still to do it, even when we maybe don't feel like it or we're not feeling all those, you know, if it was a you know, human relation, we call it the lovey-dovey kind of feelings towards God. But I think it's still important in the midst of those times, even if it's just 
one practice or or something to kind of hold on to that and say, even though I'm not feeling this right now, I'm still going to choose to act like I feel it. Does that make sense? It does. I've been married. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I am right. still married. No, it's totally true. Like what you were saying at the end of um, the sermon yesterday, like you're, you choose to put in the work that you need to in order to have a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means acting in the ways you know you're supposed to, mm-hmm. even if you're not feeling it. And we don't like to talk about that aspect of marriage. No, most too people much. don't. But if we're honest with ourselves, it, we all go through those seasons where it's not that we hate our spouse, but you know maybe we're just not feeling those gushy gushy lovey dovey feelings, and and so we've got to choose it. We we made the choice when we got married. You know, we said I do. That's key to being married. But then each day we have to choose again. And it's the same with Jesus. It's it's not some prayer we prayed, um, no matter how long ago that was, whether it was at five years old or 35 years old or 75 years old. We can't just lean back on that one prayer and say, I prayed that prayer. I'm walking with Jesus. We have to choose it day by day by day. So I think that's one part of it. And I think the second part of it is realizing that we connect with God in multiple ways. And in many different ways sometimes. And so if your prayer life is struggling, you don't feel like your prayers are really going anywhere, maybe you need to lean into worship or you need to lean into scripture a little more. Or one of the ways that I kind of connect with God is, is just being out alone in nature and experiencing the beauty of nature, the the vastness of nature, a little harder here in Camden County than it was in Gloucester County, but not impossible. So sometimes I need to just go out, make the time, make the choice, go out there, find some time to be alone outside and reconnect with God in that way because that stirs something different in my soul than sitting down in the living room chair with my Bible. Are there any ways you mentioned, um, you know, worship being one of them. Are there some other ways outside of praying and reading scripture that you connect with God? When I'm sharing my faith, Mm -hmm. I definitely have a strong sense of the Holy Spirit. Then um, I also connect through nature and we have not had the time to go out normally, but that's also an important way for not just myself, but also for my family. Mm-hmm. Mainly for me, it's worship. Yeah. And not like just singing along with the radio worship. It's in the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. I love the organ. So when the organ uh-huh. fills the space, I think that is just magnificent. And it's definitely more of an emotional connection, but it is worship that I crave. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we should downplay those emotional things as just emotional connections or, or whatever. Well, they're important, just yeah. like in a relationship. You know, you don't, you're not going to pursue a relationship where you don't have any emotions. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, they work together. Yeah, it has to be a hand-in-hand type of experience. And that same God who made our bodies is the God who made those emotions, and He, he made them for a purpose. And, and I think He wants to connect with us in the midst of them. Because while there are times where we do things, even though we're not feeling it in our relationship with God, it can't 
just be that, right? right. We, we have to get to the point where there's actual relationship going on there, um, where not only do we know that we know, or that God knows us, but we know that we are getting to know him better. And I think that's just so, so key. Well, since I haven't had a chance to talk to you uh, through this sermon series, anything else from this sermon series that so far when we've talked about envy or gluttony or anything as we look towards the rest of the the uh, seven deadly sins that you're kind of wondering about or stood out to you is is the the seven deadly sins is that a framework you're familiar with or just kind of I know it exists out there but yeah more the second one I know they exist I know it's something that's talked about in um, some other religious circles Mm -hmm. what did stand out to me or what God was showing me after envy is I started reading John Mm -hmm. this is our challenge with the youth group is to have the kids read through John so I said okay I'll join along with them and what I what just stood out to me so much is in those first few chapters of John just how John the Baptist has not one single bit of envy in Mm -hmm. him in any capacity Mm -hmm. that he knows his role he knows his purpose and he is just thrilled when the Lord shows up to give him all the praise and all the glory Mm -hmm. and say no don't be jealous of me don't worry about what's going on I'm doing what I'm supposed to do yeah you need to look to him now yeah you know I was just the one who was supposed to come first there was not one not even the smallest little hint of envy because he was just so tuned in to what his purpose was Mm -hmm. and he was content in his role passionate even Mm -hmm. in his role Mm -hmm. and that was really cool to tie those together because of course you didn't preach on that it was you know it was God's own connection for us and the second one about gluttony it was fine (laughs) moving forward I don't know yeah let me ask you this when you first heard that our entire seven week Lenten series was going to be on sin what what was your first reaction to that I honestly wasn't upset about it because I don't know I I think of like um, the analogies that are in the Bible with the refiner's fire Mm -hmm. and I would much rather have the Lord start to deal with me in small ways than me go down a road that is really bad mm-hmm. and then I'd have to um, be refined of the hotter fire if that yeah. makes any sense sure. so sure. I like I like to be kept on a short chain mm. so you know that's the wrong analogy even too but just so that way I can be sensitive to the small things that the Lord wants to bring to my attention yeah instead of having to and again there's all these they're wrong words I'm not trying to suffer the consequences but there are consequences are good and bad right. so I would much rather have the the positive consequences by staying close to the Lord and letting him show me things that I need to lay down to him mm-hmm. instead of me fighting that. That I think is important to not fight it. Yeah. Yeah. And then that goes back to, you know, what's our picture of God? I mentioned, I think in the first week, that idea of, of what a person thinks about when they think about God mm-hmm. is the most important thing about that person. Right. Is it hellfire and brimstone or is it that, that correcting father? Yeah. Yeah. And that idea that he would want to show us those small things, that mm-hmm. the, the slight course corrections right. that come along the way rather than waiting until you know we've 
got ourselves in a real mess. And then he can swoop in and correct us and save us and all that kind of stuff. It's a beautiful picture of God, I Mm -hmm. think. And I appreciate you sharing that. And, And the idea that he's a refining fire that he wants to consume those impurities in us so that we can be who he's called us to be. And it's the word you use. He wants to transform us into his image. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, we're made in his image. It's just we've been mired. So he transforms us to go back to the image that he originally created. Mm-hmm. And so I try and be not fighting him in that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. Not, not always I do. I Don't get me wrong. There are times where I'm like, no, no, you don't want me to do that. But I try not to fight him because I've learned fighting him is not the best thing either. Yeah, that's not fun either. It's not. That's not fun. But he is a he's a good father. And of course, that's one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. that that we can just go to. And he is there to guide us back to the right, right spots in life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what's next. And the spin you'll take on things like that Matthew scripture, which I was again, how does this fit? But I saw it at the end. So that was a good thing. So where are we going next? What's next week? I don't remember. This next week, uh, we will be looking at greed, or as it was traditionally called, avarice. I've not heard that one before. Yeah. A little spoiler. Traditionally, the word greed could be used of anything. We could be greedy for food or sex or things or money or whatever. But avarice was a little more focused in on wealth and the things that wealth could buy. That is going to be tricky in our American society. Yeah, not exactly something we like to to address. When our one fast food meal is somebody's whole week of wages in other places. Mm -hmm. It's definitely something, a different perspective in our American culture. Yeah, so we're going to look at that and see what God has to say to us about how we live generously and with our eyes outward. Anything else? I don't think so. I'm sure I'll think of something in about 15 minutes, but for right now, we're good. (laughs) That's good. That's all right. Well, Karen, thanks for taking time to be on our podcast this week and to go beyond the sermon and having some conversation about what we're learning and what God's doing in our lives. And thanks for the times you've sent in questions to Jeremy or I to just kind of spur the conversation. We really appreciate when, when people from the church or or people who have listened to the, the sermon send in a question or ask a question and you know we're able to bring that into our conversation as well. Thanks for taking time. I'm glad I could be here. Thanks for having me. Well, that's our conversation for today, but that doesn't mean the conversation is over. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these topics as well. To ask a question about anything we've discussed in this episode or to join the conversation, you can head over to fumccollingswood.org slash podcast. Thanks for being part of this conversation.